and welcome to the Warriors Arise podcast. I'm Susie Hansen, and I'm joined today by my co-founder, Stephanie Reed. Warriors Arise exists to educate and empower women to break free from the labels of their past in order to find hope, passion, and purpose. We pray that this message speaks to you. And if so, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss a single episode. And please be sure to share with your friends. As a fellow warrior, you play a role, an important role, in delivering a message of hope and freedom to countless women who desperately need to hear it. We hope you enjoy week one of the current series, The Battle of Identity. So I am so excited because we are about to dive into a four-week series that we are calling The Battle of Identity. Mm, Sounds like a really good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, our identity. It bleeds into every single aspect of our lives and how we see ourselves. So it's just so important to understand that we're not our past. Today, Stephanie and I, we're going to be talking about identity and how our identities can be shaped. And then next week, we will hear a testimony from Tyler Botney, who came from a life of addiction, incarceration, homelessness, and prostitution. That's amazing. She's amazing. Yes. I mean, she struggled with quite the identity crisis. She sure did. But God, and she will share with us how God radically transformed her life. Yeah. You girls are not going to want to miss that story. No. It's incredible. It is very powerful. And then in week three, we're going to get the opportunity to hear from Sherry Yates, who also overcame a long-term identity crisis with God's overwhelming love. Mm. Yes, and you will hear that in her voice with every statement she makes. She's just so full of grace. She is very full of grace. She's definitely a fan favorite, so you will not (laughs) want to miss her testimony either. No, and she's also an author. She authored the book Stuck. Pull Your God-Given Dreams into Reality. So good. Yeah, so we're really excited to have her here in week three. And then in week four, to wrap it all up, Stephanie and I, we will share application on how you can overcome the lies that you believe about yourself and begin to renew your mind, removing all of those false identity labels that we believe about ourselves. And then we will help you give application to how to replace those with your true identity, who God created you to be. Put it in real life terms for you. Yeah. So I hope you'll join us for all four weeks of the battle of identity. You're not going to want to miss a single week. Yes. So for right now, let's dive into week one of the series, Battle of Identity. Mm -hmm. So what is identity? It's a great question. I yeah. think there's a lot of different perceptions there really and definitions is. out there for it. So what what would be, you know, one that we want to hone in on today? Well, I looked up the definition of identity in the dictionary just to kind of see what the dictionary says. And this is the dictionary's definition, which is an individual's sense of self. Yep. Identification of oneself. The condition or fact of being a specific person or thing. The characteristics and qualities of a person. And so that makes a lot of sense. So let me ask you, take a moment to ask yourself, who am I? Just think when you look in a mirror, you know, what do you think about the person staring back at you? 
And have you ever stopped to think about how you arrived at such a low opinion of yourself? Mm. I think so many people have believed and thought that about themselves for so long that they probably didn't recognize they were even there. You know, that that is a true statement. Yeah. Uh, because so, it's our truth. It is. And we don't realize that we have been led down a path that has shaped our identity yeah. into something that it isn't. Yeah. And so I remember reading this statement a while back, but it came back to my mind last night when we were preparing. And if I was to look at myself in the mirror back in the day, it would, you know, what would I be saying to myself? Yeah. And it would say, you have become someone you're not supposed to be. Oh, that's good. So that gives the question, who am I supposed to be? Yeah. And for a lot of you listening, you're still on that journey. And the world has told you who you're supposed to be. But is that truth? Yeah. Or is it? And that's what we want to help you discover. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because you may not even realize that the labels that you have on yourself, which a label is nothing more than an identification of a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's true. You think about storage containers, you put a label on it to identify what is on the inside of that container. Yeah, and it's also to help you identify it faster. Exactly. And so those are the labels that we wear. It's mm -hmm. our identity. It becomes our identity. So I thought it would be a great idea today to talk about some of the things that can shape our identity. It's a great idea. Because we may not even realize that the identity we believe ourselves to be is completely false. Yeah. And not who we were intended yeah. to be. And you're going to, we really want you to really listen to the different areas that we're about to hit and identify if you have found yourself in that situation, or maybe you know somebody that's in that situation, or maybe, I mean, you may not know it, but you might be entering into that situation. Yeah. Absolutely. So just come with an open mind. And ask that ask yourself the question as we go through these, is this somebody I have become? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So as I was thinking through all of this, coming up with different ways that our identity can be shaped, one thing that I thought of is just our family, our yeah. our generational family. That's good. Have you ever thought to yourself, why am I this way? Well, because that's the way my mom's always been and my grandma, my great grandma. Yeah. Oftentimes we can wear a label just based on family history. Yeah. You always hear the words, oh, that's hereditary. Right. You know, oh, it's just in my DNA. Yeah. And we joke about it. But that is putting false labels on ourselves. It really is. Let's take addiction, for example. Yeah. People who struggle with alcohol, they think, oh, well, it's been in our family for generations. For generations, we've battled with alcoholism in our family. So I was just destined to be an alcoholic. Yeah. And so you identify yourself as that because that's the way it's always been in your family. Or teenage pregnancy, you mm, know, that's a good one. you get pregnant as a teenager. Well, my mom got pregnant at 15 and my grandma and, you know. We see that in um, the foster care system a lot. Exactly. Where, you know what, if you grew up in the foster care system, statistically, the world tells you that your children will too and their children will too and so forth. Yeah. But that is a lie. It is Because a lie. generational curses can be broken every single day. That's right. We... And I've, I've stated this in my family, is it stops with me. Yes. And my children will not continue this 
tradition, if you will. I yes. mean, it's not really a tradition, but, you know, yeah. we tend to carry things from generation to generation. You can be the person that says it stops here. Yeah. You can and be why the is that? Breaker. It's because we learn. It's a learned behavior. It's not anything that God gave to your family. So therefore, you are destined to have that. But it is something that you learned and picked up along the way. That's really what a generational belief is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it becomes your identity. Yes. That label that you wear. That's right. Something else I thought of, Steph, was our social status. Gosh. Or maybe lack thereof. (laughs) Both. Yes. (laughs) That is such a huge one. Oh, comparison is a big trap. We start comparing ourselves with all the people around us Mm -hmm. and our social life, looking at others and saying, I could never be that. You know, we think that they have just such an amazing life. They seem to have it all together. And then you're comparing what their outsides look like to your insides. Dangerous. It is very dangerous. So we can label ourselves in as feeling less than or not good enough. I could never have those things. Yeah, some of the labels that I, you know, if I was to ask a group of maybe adolescents, because that's usually when it really starts to develop inside of yeah. of you, is when you're aware enough to kind of think for yourself and have your own personality. But, you know, you get called, oh, that person is a loner, or mm-hmm. that person is a wallflower, because, you know, they have no friends, basically. Or, man, that girl's wild. Yeah. Hey, you see the guys that she runs around with, you know, or... You know, maybe you're just not equipped to make straight A's, just like, you know, the person sitting next to you or get that advancement in your career just because, you know, that you're not equipped. You know, so yeah. there's I, so many. I can remember personally always struggling in school. Yeah. Even when I did put effort in to study, I still make C's. And then I would watch my oldest sister who could never crack a book, just sit in class and listen to the teacher teach. And make straight A's. It just seemed so <laughs> not fair. Effortless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not and fair. So the label that I took on then is I'm stupid. Mm. I just can't learn. I'm just stupid. Yes. And That's I took one. that identity on. Mm-hmm. One that I remember growing up with is we're poor. Yeah. You know, we are in an economical status that was not popular. Mm-hmm. And even though, if we're really honest, the people around me calling me those things we're not either, but to, yeah. they were better than us, yeah. you know. But I remember growing up with a scarcity mindset because of our lack of what we thought keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, yeah. So therefore, you know what? I grew up with a scarcity mindset, and it hindered me a lot of times with taking risk, believing that I can achieve certain things because I'm in this class all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Became your identity. Yep. Yeah. So another thing that we can fall into is, or that can shape our identity, words are so powerful, Steph, and Gosh. especially as children. I can remember in grade school, middle school, the things that people speak over us. And so whether it's a parent who's angry and saying something like, why can't you just be like your sister? Mm. Or why are you so stupid? Or friends at school, peers that want to say to you, laugh at you. I can remember being pointed at and laughed at because of how I looked. Maybe the clothes I had on. Maybe Mm -hmm. my hair wasn't fixed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty bow-legged. And I remember all the kids. I say all the kids. There was a group of kids that would make fun of me and 
you know, ask me things like, did my mom carry me on her hip too long? Is that why I run funny? And so, yeah, I'm going to have a complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be afraid to walk, you know, in front of people. And mm-hmm. so, yes, they yeah. make a difference. It really, really does begin to shape you. It does. I was always the ugly duckling growing up and made fun of a lot and bullied through those school years. And so that really shaped my identity and it really fell into what I believed about myself already of being stupid and not good enough, weird. It quote unquote confirmed it for you. Exactly. Yeah. It is. It's it's like confirmation, even though it's a lie, yeah. it still confirms that seated of well that truth that we think that we are. But I will tell you this, if you get called something or get made fun of about something, you know what? Whether it is a physical defect or something, there's always a plus side to it. Because what I did, I was bow-legged, especially since I was really skinny back then, it drew it out more. But statistically, bow-legged people run fast. So man, (laughs) I was really fast. I ran track, I was a sprinter, and the same people making fun of me also knew I was a really good athlete because I was fast. Yeah. So joke's on them. That's right. And that's that's the mindset you have to carry into this is that, you know what, I may be bow-legged, but God used it to give me a gift mm-hmm. and a skill set that maybe some other people didn't have. Yeah. Oh, that's, again, the power of your words. Yes. And, and we're going to talk a lot about that. And I did four. not develop that in school. It took me at, until <laughs> I was an adult. Yeah. <laughs> But if I did, if I learned that back then, the situation would have been different. Yeah. Well, you would have had a different identity. Yes. If you would have known then what you know now Correct. for sure. Another thing that we can talk about here is being neglected. Mm-hmm. Some of you may not have had a parent in the house growing up. Maybe your dad was absent or your mother was absent. And that can leave a child feeling like they're very unimportant. Yes. Or unwanted or unloved. Yeah. And that begins to shape who we become. Yeah. Well, we go back to those labels I mentioned earlier about being a loner. Yeah. Because a lot of those people who've been labeled are also feeling like they're unwanted. Mm -hmm. So they develop that identity to where, you know what, I'm going to isolate myself before anyone else can do it for me. It's a safe place. It is. It's an invisible prison. It's an invisible safe place. That's right. It is that invisible prison. Yes. (laughs) Because it's not really a safe place. Yeah. Maybe your parents were around. But didn't have time for you. you just, just as dangerous. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I think sometimes it can almost be worse because they're there and they ignore you. Maybe yeah. they work a lot so they don't spend time with you. And then when they are home. Right. Or their social life is more important than their home life. Yeah. We see that a lot. Yeah. Which and is also an identity crisis. It really on is. On the parents' end. On both sides. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, parents obviously are going through their own identity yes. crisis. And that's. You know, that I think that's important as a parent to kind of point out. I'm glad you said that because our identity crisis, we can pass down unknowingly to our children. Absolutely. And then our children can suffer from some of the same identity crises. Yes. And we don't even realize that we're doing it because it's our truth. It's that learned behavior we're talking about. You know, identity crises that are generational, it's really just learned behavior. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so under that category as well, maybe you're a parent who has a prodigal child. Um, That's a good one. A child who has left home under not so good conditions, spewing hateful things at you. And as a parent, you can feel like a total failure. Yes. You know, I'm a bad 
mom, I failed my children, I screwed up my kids, and we can start taking all that ownership on and wearing those labels. And then our identity in that moment becomes, I am a bad parent. Yeah. It's all my fault. That's That's a big one. I actually had a conversation with someone this morning about that exact same thing. The mom was in tears. She was crying. Her stepdaughter had, you know, decided to, you know, walk away from their home, didn't want anything to do with them. And so it is a true, true struggle for a lot of parents. Oh, it really is. I've mm-hmm. I've walked that path myself. I was kind of, you know, sharing personally there yes. without exposing it. But yeah, I was sharing <laughs> personally there. Another thing that can shape our identity is abuse. And and Big there's time. abuse of many kinds, whether it's physical abuse or sexual abuse, verbal abuse, which yeah. we've we've talked about verbal abuse, yeah. you know, the words spoken over us a little bit. But any time that we're abused, whether it be by a parent, a spouse, or our peers, especially with sexual abuse, mm-hmm. as I mean, you and I both yeah. um been abused sexually as children and you know stephanie for me it's it's so crazy how a person can be sexually abused and believe that it was somehow their fault isn't that interesting because i always felt like it was my fault i i should have done this different i should have done that different i should have tried to fight harder you know even though the people that are abusing you are twice your size yeah what could you do I felt sorry for my abusers. Think about that. I had so much empathy for them. I'm like, they didn't mean to hurt me because they were hurting, which, yes, in all reality, that's truth. But, like, I didn't even have the identity to fight for myself. Wow. Yeah. Which then allowed many years of it because of that reason. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And I always self-destructed. Yeah. And I always made it about me and I'm a bad person. I'm naughty. I'm dirty. I'm bad. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm trash. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely felt the the shame piece of it. Oh, shame. And the the dirtiness and the embarrassment of it, for sure. Yeah. And I just knew I wanted to be normal, just like what the world would call normal when it came to confidence or Mm -hmm. how you portray yourself in a relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I just was, I knew that I did not have the skills or the ability to be in a healthy relationship because I just wasn't normal because I lived in shame and embarrassment and dirtiness all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, that led into two very <clears throat> abusive and unhealthy marriages yeah. where there was a lot of infidelity. And in some cases, there was even physical abuse. And I believed that I was getting what I deserved. That's right. And that I I could never have anything better than what I had because of the identity crisis that I was living in. The things that had shaped my identity into young adulthood had me believing that this was the best that my life would ever be. <laughs> Isn't that nice? And then, of course, those ended in divorce, which led to feeling even more shame, more guilt, more feelings of I'm just such a failure I'm a screw up I'll never right. amount to anything yep the rejected piece is big yep rejection probably can touch just about every everything aspect. it really can yeah but these are all the things that shaped me mm-hmm. and and so I walked in these situations it's like a true a lie believed as truth 
You'll live as though it's true. And that is how I lived, as if all of these labels that were false identities on me were true. Mm. And I believed that they were. And, you know, we have a very real enemy, and he likes to take a seed of truth from the most painful parts of our life. Mm -hmm. And then he'll put it, let's just say, into a poisonous brew, if you will. He builds all these lies and puts all these toxins in there, and you drink it because it smells familiar. And it smells good. And it does smell good, but, you know, you agree with what it is, you know, and so we unknowingly— take those lies in as truth yeah that's so true yeah that's why he's called the great deceiver and if you've ever wondered really what that meant this is what it means oh absolutely he's the only person that will entice you and encourage you to do a thing you know whisper just this one time oh just do it one more time oh it's just once it won't hurt you and then you give way to it and then he shames you. I can't believe you did that. You know, you're such a horrible person for doing that. That That is what the accuser does. And I, I'm sure you guys are just shaking your head yes. going, oh, my gosh. Because it's manipulation at its best. It really is. Yeah. So crazy. So this is, we'll, we'll, we'll go through one more thing um, before we move on, because I think this is so huge, especially in women. And that is body image. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so we big. We could do a whole podcast on yes. body image. So big that it runs our, you know, entertainment. You know, just the billboards and magazines, all the stuff. Yeah. It's all about our body image. Yeah. And what's socially accepted. We're always looking at ourselves, looking at our flaws. We're too tall. We're too short. We're too fat. We're too skinny. Maybe we don't like our skin color. We want a different skin color. Yeah, my hair's thinning. You know, I'm getting too many wrinkles. I need to fix that. So let's go take them away. Like, we're yep. just never satisfied because we don't know truly what brings satisfaction. And a lot of that, I think, can bleed into the things that we've already talked about, uh, the different things that shape our identity. And if mm-hmm. we're living in identity crisis and we already have a negative opinion of ourselves, that definitely bleeds into body image and For how sure. we see our bodies. And, you know, and oftentimes, sadly, we do compare ourselves to, say, models on magazine covers. And we don't even stop to think about those women are airbrushed. That is not even their real body. Yes. You know, the photos were touched up and the imperfections taken out. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite things I heard Tyra Banks, for those of you who don't know her, was a Victoria's Secret model for a very long time. And she got her own talk show, and she, I love it, she came out on stage without makeup. She tore her weave off of her head. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then she kind of raised her dress up just a little bit, not inappropriately, to show all the cellulite that she had. She was like, girls, she snaps her finger because, you know, she had some yeah. sass. And she goes, this is what you see on the cover of a magazine because this is the real me. And she's talking about how much they change them. They make them look a certain way. Yeah. And so, I mean, she had all the girls with some amens and hallelujahs in the air. <laughs> well, yeah, because she's a beautiful girl. She and all is. you ever see is perfection. the perfect airbrushed version But of she her. got so much more respect that day than she ever did as a runway model. Oh, I believe it. Yep. I believe it. So I appreciated that. I yeah. That was cool. 
So I'm sure that we have all experienced several of these situations. And, and most likely, a lot of us suffer from identity crisis, if not currently have in the past. Or you will. This. I promise it's coming. <laughs> well, we are hoping to give you yes. some application and and help give you some tools to prevent, prevent. identity crisis. And if you're in identity crisis, we are going to help you overcome that and how you can learn, okay, well, if this isn't who I am, if these aren't the things that make me, then what is? That's good. Yep. And I'm excited. Make sure that you're back for week four of this series because our entire podcast is going to be on tools that you can use and apply to your life in your current situation mm -hmm. to help remove all of those labels that are lies right. and and help give you the identity that God intended. It's my favorite for part. You. I know. Week Love four it. is going to be so good. So we've talked a lot about identity crisis. What is an identity crisis? So an identity crisis is a developmental event that involves a person questioning their sense of self or place in the world. So these are things in our lives. These yep. are events that have happened or even perhaps mistakes that we have made because, mm -hmm. you know, we can believe these lies as truth and then go out and make poor choices and That's decision right. that maybe hurt ourselves or others. And yep. so, again, that shapes our identity. And so yeah. it, it just helps build the foundation of who we believe we are. That's right. And as another preventative measure, it helps to know how to look for them because they're going to be happening to you and you may not, you know, you may not be able to identify it in the moment. So a few of the causes that may surface are traumatic events, the loss of someone, major life transitions like a divorce or your marriage or job changes, yeah. some health diagnosis, and really just the fact that you just don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolutely. You know, but a lot of those things create these crises. Mm -hmm. It's really like the you're stepping into something of the unknown. It and really is. And that's what is. causes you to fear and panic, and you create an identity just so you have one. Yeah. And that's where the poor choices come in. Exactly. I know I've walked through many of those. <laughs> yep. Based on, you know, Stephanie, why don't you share a moment just quickly as we're running out of time, but just kind of what helped shape your identity? What, what are some false beliefs that you believed yeah. as a child because of situations that we just talked about that may have shaped you? A big one was with, I, I talked about it for a moment about feeling normal. And so because of the, you know, my traumatic events mm -hmm. of being sexually abused for um, about nine or 10 years was that I will never be able to connect emotionally or physically with somebody. Yeah. And getting married was one of those big tests for me, of course. Yep. And I did struggle because I still held on to that lie that's, you know what, you are not capable, you know, those those labels, I'm not equipped, I'm not capable, and I just don't know how. Yeah. And so I had to do a lot of therapy. I went through a lot of sex therapy, mm -hmm. behavioral health therapy, and, tra and trauma therapy to really tear down the lies one by one. Yeah. And I did it with my husband next to me, and that was something that was really transformative because— yes. He was a part of it because yeah. he was a part of my lies. I 
drew him into those. And so there was no better way to help overcome them than with him by my side. Yeah. But how I did it is I had to show up. Exactly. I had to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the part that we don't like is mm-hmm. there's no easy button. <laughs> there's no snap of the finger and we're made you know, all those labels just fall off and all of a sudden we know who we are, is that we have to take an active role in our recovery, if you will. We have to take an active role in going through the processes and the efforts to remove those old labels and discover, okay, well, if this isn't who I am, then who am I? And then begin that journey of learning who you are, which we're going to talk about in week four of how you can do that. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, when someone has a crisis, what do they do? They call a crisis hotline. Yep. And so we do have a hotline for you, and it is called the Bible. (laughs) And it it is available at your, you know, expense at any time. And so all you got to do is open it up and where we would like for you to call the address in the phone number, if you may call it, (laughs) is Ephesians 1. Start there, Ephesians 1. The Holy Spirit will meet you there. Mm -hmm. And there is a prayer in there that is Ephesians 1, 15 through 20, that I would like for you to just write down and pray that over yourself. And personalize it. Put your name in the appropriate spot. That's right. And and make it personal. Like that prayer is from you to God. Yes, basically speaking it in the third party. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing to keep in mind is that Paul wrote this prayer while he was in prison himself. So he was overcoming his identity crisis while he was writing this prayer. And so, because he knew we would all need it one day. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So even if you're in the darkest time of your life, you know, Paul wrote this book from prison. Yes. Even though you may be in a prison, though it may not be a physical prison, you are in an invisible prison trapped by this false identity in this identity crisis. And read the whole chapter, Ephesians 1 because there are so many good nuggets within that chapter that talk about what your true identity is. And so just begin familiarizing yourself with that. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Most all of us have a phone. You can uh, download the app, YouVersion, which is free. And it is a a complete Bible in in. I don't even know how how many many translations. translations. There's a lot of them. And in many, many, many different languages. Yes. So that is the tool that we are going to encourage you to pick up this week. And we encourage you to listen to the rest of this series because there's going to be amazing testimonies and just things that you can really relate to. Shared. Yeah. And that too will really help you begin to shed those old labels and then meet us back here for week four as we give application of removing those labels. And so I know I'm so excited. This has been so good. Time goes by so fast. But thank you, ladies, for joining us today. Yes, thank you for joining us. And we hope to see you again next week when we will have Tyler Botany as our featured guest. Tyler has an incredible testimony of how she came into her true identity after battling addiction, incarceration, prostitution, and homelessness. Until then, be sure to like and share this podcast. Warriors Arise is on a mission to deliver a message of hope and freedom to hurting women. 
If you would like to talk with us, you can call us today at 405-482-4411. Or you can email us at info at warriorsariseministry.org. Thanks again for joining us. And remember, because of what Jesus did on the cross, you are not fighting for victory, but from victory. The battle has already been won. Thank you.